0: Don't be surprised when it all comes falling apart we just one false moon from total chaos Will this world that we're living still moons and breeze Don't be surprised when it dies like you and me Cause it could happen today in the moon What's up everybody? Welcome into episode 253 of Living Off the Land I'm Dan, here with my co-host Steven. Steven, it's Wednesday night and you know what
1: that means, except when we're sick, of course, like <laughs> last week. I can still hear it in your uh, voice. Yeah, but uh, we're back. boy. We're it's better been... than ever, and we are going to do
0: some L.O.T.L. tonight. It has been just a case of the six for this podcast. Uh, it's
1: been, Six or so weeks. It's been pretty awful since, you know, I got sick back in February. That was mostly daycare induced. Yep. Uh, that went through the family. Oh, wow. and then you More got, than, like, and then you caught COVID I in got March. COVID. Yep. And then some other, I don't know, some other random cold struck last week and, you know, yeah. hit, oddly, it hit Ren and I. It did not hit Scarlett. She, oh, wow. Maybe she's built well, up that's a little good. bit of immunity now after two
0: months. Well, but, out of uh, three of you, if, if somebody's yeah. going to not get sick, it's good that it's her, I guess. Yeah, true. So, so we are back. Took the week off last week because uh, Steve, had the, Steve had the cold. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I didn't really feel like doing the show alone. Mm. So, we took the week off. But we are back. We are here. We got stuff to talk about. We've got playoff basketball to talk about. We will preview the Cavaliers' first round matchup with the New York Knickerbockers. Knickerbockers. Can I
1: just say, hell yeah. It's been five years since we've had playoff basketball in Cleveland 2018 and like you said before it's been 25 25 years since we've had playoff basketball without LeBron James on A quarter the cinch. yep
0: a quarter that's cinch. that's
1: incredible so uh
0: yes so we will talk about that we will talk about the beginning of the guardian season uh they are apparently the road warriors because uh, they stunk it up on the first home stand of the season Uh, To be
1: fair, they did that a year ago as well, so
0: I don't know how much stock we can put into that. Well, we'll talk about it because I'm very concerned about the pitching, and uh, we will talk about that. A lot of it has to do with injury, but uh, the guys that they are replacing, the guys that are injured, are just not getting it done. So, anyway, uh, not really much to talk about with the Browns. Uh, As per usual, it is the middle of April, and we don't have a draft pick until the third day of the – the second day of the draft, um, with the third round. So uh, we probably won't talk about the Browns really at all, but uh, just an acknowledgment that they're there. We'll get back into Browns talk later this summer. And, uh, yeah, so as you heard at the beginning of the episode, we do, as per usual, have a beer of the week. And this is kind of a in-memoriam beer this week. As most of you know, who listen to the podcast, uh, one of Cleveland's biggest breweries has essentially shut its doors. Yes, uh, not totally because they are still distributing uh, a, a few of their beers, and but one of them that they are not, which was one of their flagships. Of course, I'm talking about Platform Brewing. If, if you're uh, if you haven't caught on yet, Platform Beer Company. You've been
1: living under a rock.
0: I am talking about their IPA called Speed Merchant, which is a white India pale ale, citrusy, tropical, and piney, which is very apt because it is very piney. Um, So uh, it's a 6.6% ABV, uh, 66 IBUs. It is a very traditional IPA. Uh, So this is one where originally – if you've been listening to the podcast from the beginning, you would know that I would not be a fan of this beer. Uh, Anything that says piney on the can, I was not going to be a fan of. But as times change, as tastes change, uh, you start to open up your world to different tastes. And I am now a very big fan of speed merchant and just to kind of go off it on beer advocate it gets an 88 uh score which is very good and uh it's a white ipa with fruity tropical dry hops white wheat gives it a very pale color so it kind of uh doesn't look like a traditional ipa but it uh it tastes like an ipa so it is very good i enjoy it very much Uh, I'm going to go ahead and rate it a 7.4, 7.4, and I will be drinking it throughout this episode, and that is the beer of the week.
1: All righty. Well, let's transition over to Better Know a Neighborhood. So literally right before this show, I did absolutely no prep for this week. I literally took a map and basically just, you know, stuck by... You know, just pointed it somewhere with my eyes closed. Stuck your what? Uh, finger. Pause. Yes. Uh, so, as it turns out, where my finger pointed to is a community in the southeast corner of Medina County. It's on the northwestern side of the greater Akron area. It is a community that I've actually spent a lot of time in um, back in high school and like that time because we were, you know, back when I was in track and field and cross country it seemed like every season we'd have to go to this place um and uh you know I'll just introduce it, it is the city of Wadsworth
0: hmm going down south a little bit
1: indeed uh Wadsworth is near the is Route 94 uh State Route 94 and State Route 57 both run right through Wadsworth and Interstate 76 runs through the north side of town again if you're if you're going uh, just a little ways to the west of Akron, you'll you'll basically run right into it. So Wadsworth is a mostly middle class community, uh, slightly trending more toward upper class. The average home price in Wadsworth is about two hundred and seventy thousand
0: dollars. So you're per- saying it's 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 bougie adjacent.
1: Mm, yeah, it's not I wouldn't call it bougie, but it's you know it it's up and coming. The uh, average home price was up seven percent year over year uh, from last year. And it's it is a desirable community. There's plenty of parkland on the uh, mostly the west side of town. You've got the dog park on the north e- on the northwest side near i seventy six Holmesbrook park is uh, it's got a creek running right through the middle and that that is the main part that goes right through the Chippewa watershed uh, reservoir and that goes for about a mile and a half in length on the northwest side of town. and then you have Memorial Park, which is kind of on the not far from downtown, actually, on the near southwest side of town. Uh, Downtown basically runs right uh, on College Street and then uh, Route 94, which, of course, runs directly north-south through the center of town. And, and again, a lot of your main commercial businesses, a lot of your um, mom-and-pop local businesses are right there along Route 94. And if you go up more toward the north side of town, near where 94 intersects 76. That's where a lot more of your chain places are. Um, a lot of your grocery and, and other uh, service businesses are kind of like along that corridor there. And again, if you, if you uh, some points of interest to point out. One I want to point out that I've actually never been to this place, but uh, just on a residential street just off of Route 94 on the far south side of town is the Wadsworth-Griswold home. Dan, are you a fan of the uh, National Lampoon's Vacation Series? Of
0: course. Who isn't?
1: Yeah. So this house is basically – they've got the RV out in front, and they have the house basically made up almost – if you go in November or December, it actually has the crazy amount of lights that Clark Griswold and his family actually put on the the house in Christmas Vacation. And it has all sorts of theme stuff as you go throughout the year. And if you go and you go in the inside, they have a whole bunch of uh, National Lampoons. Um, I don't know if they have anything that was ac- exactly used in the movies, but they have a lot of replicas of of props and stuff that are used in the films. Uh, Christmas Vacation, Vegas Vacation, maybe uh, some of the blue, Summer Vacation, and all of those. Some of the yellow. Uh huh. I I can't talk like Chevy Chase. I really would right now if I could. Um, this is at 173 Duane Lane in <laughs>
0: Kiss my ass, kiss my ass, kiss your ass, kiss his ass. <laughs> 173
1: Duane Lane in Wadsworth. That's just off of South Main Street, Route 94. Uh, 4.8 star rated on Google. It's mm. definitely a spot to check out if if you're ever in the area. Um, and again, going back right up. Uh, Route 94. Again, I'll, I'll point out a few of the local... Uh, Water Main Grill is a pretty highly rated restaurant. That's at the corner of Water Street and Route 94. Uh, just up the street from that is Wadsworth Tavern. That's at the corner of Pine Street and Route 94. And then uh, right in the middle of downtown, you have two pretty highly rated restaurants, the Valley Cafe and the Alexandris Ristorante, which again are right near the corner of College Street and Route 94. Right in the center of town, so there's a um, pretty good selection of uh, local places to check out if you uh, are in the area uh, and just want, definitely want a bite to eat. Most of the east and southeast side of Wadsworth is is um, is more industrial, and then just kind of in between where the main commerce is on the north side and the central, and in between there is mostly residential area. Um I do want to bring up Memorial Park one more time because this is where the this is where the cross-country course was. And mm-hmm. I, I just remember because the near the top of the hill there is where the football stadium is. Mm-hmm. It's actually not at the high school, oddly enough. But uh, you ended up having to go run down into this giant ravine, and it was like 150, 200 feet up mm-hmm. all the way back up to where the football stadium was. And you had to do that loop twice. Let me just tell you, it really sucked. Wow. <laughs> Pioneer wow. Conference had their conference championship there twice when I was in high school. I was like, why are we going down there? Wadsworth's not even in our league. Why are we having. It just didn't make any sense to me. But, uh, crazy. But either way, um, pretty scenic area, actually. Again, very undulating. There's a nice lake right in the center of it. And it's, uh, Definitely a nice place to go to. It's not right, very close to downtown, too, just a few blocks away from a lot of those places I just mentioned. Wadsworth Tavern and Waterman Grill are just right down the road from there. But uh, that's Wadsworth. That's home of the Grizzlies, if you need them. And you can wham it with the right hand.
0: All right. Special meeting with that called uh, this week as we, uh, we get right in. Uh, we get... Let's just get right into it. Indeed. Wham with the right hand. Cavs are about to do a lot of whamming with the right hand. Uh, starting on
1: Saturday. It
0: Took me a second to figure out what you were doing.
1: The NBA playoffs on ESPN.
0: It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Br- <laughs> the Mike Breen.
1: For three. Bang! Yeah.
0: It's gone. Kyrie Irving from downtown. And the, and the Cavaliers, Cavaliers by, three. by three. Oh, what a call. Mm. I can't believe that was seven years ago already. Seven. God, we're old.
1: Link would be coming out of the Temple of Time here in a few weeks. <laughs> if he went in <laughs> on the day the Cavs won the title.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, it all gets going again. The NBA's second season gets going on Saturday for the Cavaliers. Saturday at 6, I believe. uh, The Romo Fijo will be on freaking fire. I went back and I watched highlights of the Cavs' play-in game against Atlanta last year. Oh, gosh. Not because of that. The crowd was NBA Finals-level crowd for that game. Evan Mobley hit a 3 to open that game, and you would have thought it was Game 6 again, and LeBron just threw down a dunk in Draymond's face to go up by like 25.
1: The Cavs started that game very positively. They led, I think, until late in the third quarter, if I recall.
0: And, and, and the place apart. was very, very animated from the very beginning. Listen, I'll tell you what. Now that Oracle Arena is no longer a thing, is there a better basketball atmosphere, playoff atmosphere than the Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse? There is one that I think might rival it, and they're playing in the same series.
1: Having not been to any of these places, uh, you know, I actually went to the Palace of Auburn Hills. That's also not in an operation anymore. But uh, you know, just just gut feeling. Uh, Just what I know about the markets. I mean, yeah, Madison Square Garden would be right up there. I mean, Knicks fans have not had anything to cheer about in a long time. Um, I'm thinking Scotiabank Arena in Toronto is Mm, probably up there. The North. Um, Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis I think would be right up there. The Pacers have also not had anything to cheer for in recent time, but Indiana is a basketball first state, always has been. I feel like that would be right up there. Uh (sighs) And then I would also say I don't even remember the name of the arena now, but um Salt Lake City. I feel like Oh yeah. That's a very intimidating environment and Utah, which is Mormon country, that is has always been a basketball first area as well. So Philly? Uh, I don't know about Philly. Um I mean, yeah, the it can get loud at Wells Fargo Center. That's
0: stupid, I, Boston Garden.
1: I feel yeah. Oh no, Boston. I would definitely put more up there. Yeah. Yeah, because Boston is is basketball first. I I feel like I, if either that or, or baseball possibly as well, but um, definitely the Red Sox and the Celtics are one A and one B there. So um, I'd put Boston in that first
0: tier for sure. Yeah. No, I I I agree with a lot of that sentiment. I just. Just watching, um, just rewatching those highlights, and it just—you know—it took obviously took me back to making the NBA Finals four straight years. But boy, that place is going to be obnoxious on on Saturday. It's
1: going to be like 2006.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: When the Cavs played in their first playoff game, and we were the first game of that any team playing it was the yep. it was, first game was like 12 30 p.m. on right. Saturday against the Wizards and you know nobody was sleepy that morning I mean everybody was up and they were girded up and it was crazy and I expect the same
0: yeah I like the 2006 comparison because we talk about I mean you talk about the the four straight finals against the Warriors I, they were great atmospheres but other than the final series there was there was this this aura of Okay, let's just get these Eastern Conference series over with because we know where we're going. And maybe not the first year. The first year because you know uh, Kelly Olynyk is an asshole and uh, pulled Kevin Love's arm out of his sock. There was a cost
1: little... us the freaking championship yeah, there, that there was year. A,
0: there was a little bit of, uh oh, are we actually going to get there? Well, ultimately, we did. But it's just like there was just this aura around the team, and it's kind of you know.
1: And 2015 was the first run, so there was going to be a little bit of nervousness yeah. associated with that, even if the Kelly Olenek incident didn't happen. Right. But after that, yes, there was some very legitimate— In fact, I think the Cavs fell behind in the second round that mm-hmm. year to, to the Bulls 2-1. to one. Yeah. So there, and it, we needed a buzzer beater in that Game series, 4 to that, tie that series. That so, series,
0: Games 3 and 4, were both <sighs> dis- decided on buzzer beaters.
1: Yeah. Derrick Rose hit the crazy bank shot at the end of game three, and then LeBron hit the jumper. Hit the one in the corner. In, in, uh, at yep. the end of game four.
0: Yeah, so uh, I like your comparison to 2006. That was a team that hadn't done anything yet. There were no expectations on that team. It was LeBron when he was still kind of a pup in the NBA. And they won. Not only did they win <clears throat> their first round matchup, they took who was the prohibitive favorite in the East in that era, the Detroit Pistons. Uh, to, was it six or seven in 06? That
1: went seven games, and the Cavaliers fell behind in that series 0-2 and came back to lead 3-2 after Drew Gooden's buzzer beater in game five. Let me tell you, I was at all of the finals games in 2007 and 2016, but I still don't think I've heard that building louder than it was for Game Six of that series. We were there. I was there year. with you. We were in Louisville. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, literally twenty full minutes before the game even started, Detroit everybody sucks. was standing, chanting, "Let's go, Cavs, and beat Detroit." And Detroit sucks. It was unreal. Yeah. And it, that game went all the way down to the final <sighs> minute. And I swear, Flip Murray got fouled on that rebound Flip! attempt at the end of the game. Murray! They didn't call it. Pistons scored. We ended up
0: losing the game by two. I friggin. left
1: extremely upset, as did so many other people. I can
0: confirm this. But friggin' Ronnie Duncan. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> uh yeah. So I am if you have tickets to Saturday, game one, man, cherish it because there isn't going to be listen. I, I I'm going to spend the last couple minutes of this show talking about uh my soccer team. So uh Deservedly if, so, if, by you, the way. If you don't like Teaser. soccer, if you don't like soccer, uh, just stop listening at the last couple of minutes. minutes. Uh, outside of what I heard go on in Milan, Italy today, I am hard pressed to find a better sports atmosphere than I think we're going to hear on Saturday at six o'clock. Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse is going to be a banana lands madhouse. And for the Knicks' sake, I hope they're ready.
1: Yeah, and the question is, will they be ready? Because, you know, the Knicks are kind of new at this, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, I I hope the Cavs are ready for the moment. Yeah. Because like you said, like you said, the Knicks – the Knicks really don't have anybody that's been there either. Now, the Cavs have the the benefit of having Donovan Mitchell, who's been in the playoffs every single season that he's been in the NBA, and he used to play in one of the arenas that, that Steve brought up as being one of the most raucous in the NBA in Utah. So he's going to be used to it. The moment is not going to be too big for Donovan Mitchell. I don't think the moment is going to be too big for for any of our players, really. I do kind of worry about Darius Garland a little bit. He's been kind of up and down this season. His numbers are great, but it's like when he's on, he's on when he's not on. He's very frustrating. And that's not me to get down on Darius Garland. I love Darius Garland. I wanted us to draft him when he came out of Vanderbilt, even though he had only played five games. I thought it was the right pick. It turned out it was. I love Darius Garland, but He's one of the guys I think might be somebody that uh, that could get a little starstruck, I guess to call it. I don't think, even though he's very young, I don't think you're going to have to worry about that with Evan Mobley because he's just so damn even keel. I mean, you rarely see emotion out of him at all.
1: Oh, almost never. He's like
0: water. Yeah. So I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be great. I expect Jared Allen to be great. He's played in the playoffs before with the, with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh so glad he's healthy again, by the way. Oh yeah. I mean, he's not our best player, but you could argue he might be one of our top two most important players. He's the glue guy. Absolutely. I mean, Defensively, I mean, he brings it all together. Um so yeah. Uh let's go let let's do some predictions here. First I want to do the Cavs. And then I kind of want to go around the in- well. We can't really do that yet because th- we don't know the point. we
1: we sort of can. Yeah, we don't know who the eight seed is yet. Right.
0: Okay. Uh, what are we <laughs> thinking about for this series with the Knicks? What do you think now? Reports are that Julius Randle might not play Game One. He's still I, dealing with that ankle injury.
1: I don't see the Knicks winning Game One, regardless. So yeah, it, it doesn't really matter to me. I. I do think the Knicks could possibly get a game in Cleveland. Yeah. Possibly. I'm I'm thinking six. I think the Cavs clinched the series in the garden in game six. Um yeah, either we win all three here and they come back and win game three and four and then we finally get a road to win in game six, or maybe they get game two or game five here and three and four is a split. But that, that that's my thinking. The Cavs might play a little bit dumpy in one of their home games and drop it, but they'll 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 find a way to win the
0: series in six. Yeah. I will say if we're going to drop a game at home, I hope it's game two and not game five.
1: Yeah, I see I'm thinking we'd be up three games to one going into game five. Yeah, obviously oh, you don't okay. you don't want to be in a situation where you're behind and then lose game five and then you're looking at Possibly getting closed out in Game Six. Oh, I, let, I mean, listen, we
0: don't want that. If we're up three to one with Game Five at home, they're not winning in Game Five in Cleveland with with an opportunity for the Cavs to clinch. It's not going to happen. Mm. I don't think so. I guess I could be wrong, and maybe I'm thinking too much of like the LeBron teams where where LeBron would just slam the door shut anytime he had the opportunity, but. I, I kind of almost see Donovan Mitchell in that mold. Not not I'm not saying Donovan Mitchell's LeBron James, but I kind of see him in that, especially against the Knicks. It's his hometown team. It's the team that everybody said all offseason was going to trade for him. They didn't. The Cavs did. So I like, could you imagine the flip, the the switch that will flip in Donovan Mitchell? when he goes to the Garden in Game 3 and gets booed by his hometown team
1: Whoa. or his hometown fans, yeah.
0: they know it's going to happen. They don't give a damn that he's uh, that he's from New York. He plays no. for the Cavs. They're going to be well, the Right, right, him. exactly. And I just think – I, I mean, there might be some people listen. that are
1: buddy-buddy with him like before tip-off or after, yeah. but like during oh, sure. the game, oh, no.
0: Listen, we didn't get to see that much of Donovan Mitchell before he played for the Cavs when he was in Utah because they played at night and you know we would only watch Utah when the Cavs would play him but we've gotten a chance for a whole season now to see what Donovan Mitchell is all about Donovan Mitchell has a little bit of an attitude about him to where you're not going to show him up so if the Nick fans boo him which they will I mean it's the playoffs whatever th- I'm not saying that's a bad thing like you should boo your opponent but if you don't think He starts to hear those boos. He's not going to want to drop a 40-piece on them and just silence their ass. They got another thing coming.
1: Guys, first take is going to be must-see TV during this series, especially if the Cavaliers are winning the series. Yeah. Because Stephen A. Smith has already said that his worst nightmare, and he said this back in January, that his worst nightmare for this season was The Cavaliers and Donovan Mitchell eliminating the Knicks in the playoffs. Well, guess what? Yeah, that's now a very, very high possibility.
0: Yeah, yeah, hot. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, sorry, uh, Stephen A. But it's going to happen. So, you might want to wake up from that uh, from that nightmare because it's coming. Yeah. So, I also see the Cavs in six. It's interesting. Both of us. Both of us have us. have us uh, clinching at the Garden.
1: Winning the decisive game on the road. Yeah, that is a little weird. But and I'll yeah. tell you
0: what, that would be. You talk about maturation for a young basketball team, closing out a team on the road. That's enormous.
1: That's just such a gut punch to the other team. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: you <know>? especially <laughs> New York. Could you imagine? Like, oh my God, we lost to Cleveland. Aww. Oh. Not like it. It's not like you haven't done. Any of that in baseball over the years. Hmm. Should have done it last year. but Unfortunately, they had the last laugh on that one. I mean, that that was another hard pounder of a series. Not going to lie. They had a, the last laugh today, too, when I was at the game last night where we absolutely got bent over. 11-2. Hmm. to two. Thanks for coming. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I, I also had the Cavs in six. Uh, I don't know how far the Cavs can realistically make it after that because they're more than likely going to run into the Milwaukee Bucks, but that that's for another show in a couple weeks. But, Hashtag
1: uh, fear the deer coming. Yeah, that's right, mm-hmm. apparently.
0: Uh, All right. But Let's yeah, see. If, you, if you
1: size up the... If you size up the bracket here, and and we again we don't have the whole thing yet because we don't know who the eight seeds are. Last night, playing tournament, the Hawks defeated the Heat. so They are the seven seed in the East. The Lakers defeated the Timberwolves. They needed OT to do it, but they did. So the Lakers are officially in in the West as the seven seed. So run it down here. So you've got Brooklyn facing Philadelphia. That's
0: is there yeah. any way you could see the Sixers just.
1: The Sixers have choke potential in them, but not against Brooklyn. This this is a matchup that I just I can't even see them losing. The Brooklyn, they were kind of just they're kind of just held up by their earlier record. To be honest, mm-hmm. I mean they did a good enough job of just kind of win one, lose one after they made the trade with Phoenix. But I, I can't see them being competitive in this series. I, I would think Seventy Sixers in five probably.
0: Yeah. Also, speaking of the play in. <laughs> Uh, the Raptors and the Bulls are locked in a two-point game late in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, that's an elimination game. The winner of that game will have to go play in Miami tomorrow. It's a long flight for that. Let's like, say the Raptors or the Bulls, they're in Toronto. They'd have to go from Toronto to Miami and then play the next day. Oof. That's the that's disadvantage right there. But,
0: uh... Well, uh, whoever <laughs> ends up being the 8th seed, they're going to lose to Milwaukee. So, yeah, surely.
1: I probably mean, probably a sweep, maybe a Jordan sweep. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Um, uh, the Hawks, for their credit, they get to play Boston. Yeah. Uh, winning that game yesterday means they get now, Boston, not Milwaukee.
0: They, I mean, they're obviously also going to lose that series. I do think, though, call me crazy, I do think Atlanta might be able to get a couple games out of Boston. I do.
1: I absolutely do. We're
0: only two years removed for most of this Atlanta nucleus reaching the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. This this isn't Th- like –
1: That's a more battle-tested team yeah. as a
0: seven seed than either the Cavs or the Knicks, honestly, yeah. when it comes to playoff experience. But, I, you know, Boston's going to win the series. I just think, you know, I, I think Atlanta – Atlanta is not going to get swept, I'll say that. I think they get a game. Maybe they get two. But Boston will prevail. Yeah. So the top four seeds are in in the East. Yeah.
1: If you go out to the West, you've got the Clippers facing the Suns. That's your four five matchup. Yep. I I don't like either one of these teams, quite frankly. I have no frigging clue what's gonna happen in this series. Uh, um I guess I'm gonna go with the Clippers just because
0: I hate Kevin Durant that much. <laughs> I think Phoenix is gonna win that series. Paul George is out with the injury. Uh, I just don't think they're going to have enough firepower. Uh, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker can score 70 to 75 points every single night. They also have DeAndre Ayton. The one thing that gives me pause with Phoenix is Chris Paul is on that team, and Chris Paul is one of the biggest uh, non-factors in NBA playoffs. The dude either gets hurt or he chokes. So I I don't think he's going to – have as much of an impact as he has had in previous seasons on his other teams, just because uh, Durant and Booker are going to be getting the lion's share of the opportunities. So um, I def I-, I think, I think Phoenix beats the Clippers. I think they beat them pretty easily. You
1: see, you you name off these players on Phoenix, and you you think, especially with as as down as the Western Conference is this year, this could be the year that they could actually put it together. Question is, can they? Right. They've had so many just. I mean, they made the finals in 2021. I'm not going to take that away from them. No, look. They've had so many.
0: This isn't me saying that I think Phoenix is going to go all the way. I just think they're going to win in round one. Um,
1: Also, you've got. I
0: cannot. Were you about to go to 3-6 matchup? Uh, No, I was actually
1: going to go to 7-2 because that's the one that seems to be garnering a lot of national attention. The Lakers facing the Grizzlies. There seem to be a lot of folks that seem to think that the Lakers could end up being a dark horse here. I think that's ridiculous. I don't see them even being competitive with Memphis. I'm one of them. Yeah, I give me the Grizzlies in five. I I don't. I cannot see the Lakers taking any games in the grindhouse. That that's just a non-starter for me. Steve, it's LeBron. But still, it's LeBron. John, John Morant's better than he is at this point. Captain
0: in the playoffs? No, sorry, 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 sorry. LeBron is to the point. Where he, he, and he's been this way for like five, six years now. We just, we're saying it now because the Lakers aren't that good. So we're actually taking it seriously. LeBron doesn't give a crap about the regular season. Sure. And he said that when he was with the Cavs. He's like, I don't care if I'm the eight seed, just get me to the playoffs. And this isn't, look, LeBron is now 38 years old, but he's not playing like he's 38 years old. He still averaged 30.7 rebounds, seven assists this year. And Anthony Davis is healthy now. They're going to beat Memphis,
1: In the series. Yes, in six. Wait, really? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. We are like way apart on these Western series. How about this? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm not giving the Lakers a shot in hell, and you're taking the win the series. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Now let's talk about the. one. You want to talk about atmospheres? Ah,
0: uh, this is where this is where I was going to go before. It's a hundred percent where I was going to go.
1: We haven't had playoff basketball in five years. They haven't had playoff basketball in Sacramento in over 2 decades. Yeah.
0: And it's not Arco Arena anymore, but I'll tell you what. The Golden One Center. That, that place one? that place is going to co- cut. I mean the roof is going to come off that place. I am so excited for this series. Sacramento and Golden State. I cannot wait.
1: Oh my how about this? The Bay Area versus the Capitol.
0: Yeah. You know, the Northern California the, at its finest. The Northern
1: California Derby. This is this is something else. You know, we've been asking all series all season pretty much are the Kings in any way legit? Mm-hmm. But we're going to find out right away Absolutely. if they are, they're going up against the defending NBA champion that they are, you know, Steph Curry, Draymond green and all of them. And who oh boy. So we're going to find out really right from game one. If this is going to be like an actual series or not. Um, I, I'm almost afraid to ask because we've been so different on the first two, but um, I'll make you go first
0: on this one. What, what, what are you thinking about in this series? Uh, see conventional wisdom on my, on my pick between the Grizzlies and the Lakers, you would think I'd be all in on golden state.
1: I'll just tell you that I'm all in on golden state. I, I don't, I mean the Kings, maybe they, maybe they ride their exuberance and you know, beginner's luck they get game one at home or how, something but I would say I can't see the I will say warriors
0: how incredibly awesome would it's would it be to see the, the Warriors go out with a limp dick in the first round
1: that would be probably the end of a dynasty yeah honestly if they lose to Sacramento in the first round of the year at the winning title I mean that's probably like blow it up and you know start
0: you know re- rebuilding honestly yeah I just don't see it though I I wish I wish – I'm sorry, Kings fans. If there's any of you listening out there, I'm sorry.
1: If you're listening to LTL on the banks of the American River by Sutter's Fort, the end of the California Trail. Yep.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, I want to take the Kings. I really do, but I'm not going to. (laughs) (laughs) And then the the 1-8 matchup. I mean, whoever whoever the the Nuggets end up playing. The only thing that I will say about the Nuggets, they're not good on the road. They're not. So – This is another series where whoever they play, I could see them dropping a game or two. You know, it's one of those where they probably win games one and two, and then they go to game three and they probably get throttled on the road.
1: The thing I don't like about the Western Conference side of it is that it is extremely unbalanced. Denver's side of the bracket is horrifically terrible. yeah, And all the other good teams are on the other side. Memphis, the Lakers, the Warriors. So,
0: yeah. No, I agree.
1: It, it it's going to be interesting to see who does emerge to ultimately face Denver in the conference final. But I would I would expect whoever does emerge to beat Denver in the conference final. But we've got time to talk about that. I don't know. By comparison, I have no idea how the East is going to turn out. I mean, I'm thinking Milwaukee is probably going to be in the conference final. But I mean, take your pick between those top three teams. You know, and I mean, hell, you might even throw the Cavs in there. I mean, I it's it's hard to imagine us beating Milwaukee, but, I, I mean, we did beat them three out of four times in the regular season, didn't we?
0: Yeah, I just don't know how much the regular season really matters mm-hmm. as far as the playoffs. For the were. record,
1: the Knicks did the same to the Cavs, won three out of four, yeah. so, you know, but you, also you can't got, I really mean, extrapolate too much out yeah, of Yeah, I
0: mean, you also got to go back, who was playing, who was not in those games, you know, that sort of stuff. Right. Um. I just I I just I just think the East is gonna end up being chalk the whole way.
1: Yeah. So Milwaukee ultimately yeah. in the finals. I I do get normally, that general sense too.
0: Normally a two three matchup you would think can go either way. I just
1: Boston is owned
0: Philly. Listen, head it's, to head. listen, it's James Harden in the playoffs. I mean, can you really ever predict him to win in the playoffs?
1: Not really. Right. Not in a series that matters.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think the I think the the East is going to be chalk, and then like you said with the with the unbalance of the West, I mean, good God, we could have a one seed in the East go up against a six seed in the West in the finals.
1: That's why I'm saying Phoenix if they can somehow put it together, they could easily yeah get out to the conference finals and maybe have a shot at it. You I know? totally agree. I, that's they're they are the real out of the whole tournament. Phoenix is the real wild card. Like yeah. I could see them flaming out completely in round one, which is what I'm projecting, or. It could be like you did. You know, they easily beat the Clippers and they get on a run. Yeah, you know, just.
0: Yeah. For, I, mean, I for don't them, know. For them, it's just health. I mean, look, they traded for Kevin Durant and, and, and uh, in warmups in his first home game, he twisted his ankle and was out for three weeks. You know, if he's healthy. I if he if he's this. No, I don't want to. Do do I this hate yet. to
1: admit it. He's a top five player on planet Earth. So if
0: he's if he's healthy, you know what you're going to get from Booker. And then Ayton is like a 20 and 10 machine. Like outside of the Warriors, who's going to stop them?
1: And it's so funny you say that because those two teams are the four and the six seed. I know. <laughs> you yeah, must, I don't know. You must really not be high on Memphis at all no. you, for you to not mention them in well, the I same think that, breath.
0: I think they're going out in the first round yes you're correct i am not high my pick to go to the finals oh god no chance in hell (laughs) i mean you want me to hit vince's music right now (laughs) no chance oh man yeah i that's that's crazy but uh so yeah that's those are our predictions for the first round um We'll go round by round, or, or hey, maybe even next week. We'll we'll go ahead and just pick pick the rest of them. it will be uh,
1: at least at least two weeks because these rounds take a while.
0: Oh God, yeah. yeah. Well, we're gonna be playing playoff basketball for the next two and a, like two months. Yeah, but uh, anyway, let's uh, let's go across the street to the corner of Carnegie and Ontario, and uh, well, we're bringing it back. What's that?
1: The week that was.
0: That's with right. With the Cleveland Guardians. That's right. Well, actually, we, missed last, we didn't do last week's episode, so we might as well go back and talk about the entire season the so far. The weeks
1: that were.
0: Because the the two weeks ago is going to be a lot more positive than this past week.
1: That's a good reason to, to go back two weeks. Yeah, so the Guardians opened up on the West Coast for the first week of the season, and they... They laid out on a really soggy egg on opening day. They lost 3 yeah. 0 to the Mariners, but then they came back and won the What's next three games in succession.
0: I'm not, I'm not like, I, I wasn't sounding alarm bells after the first game. Obviously, it's one of 162. Um, but Terry Francona's teams historically do not get off to great starts. No. In April, uh, really, the first couple months. So when we got shut out on opening day, I was like, uh oh. <laughs> the bats are going to be cold for the month of April.
1: I mean, we said what was the, the over-under on total runs was six, and we were like punching the under. Six? And we were like, six is not even that many, but we were like, yeah, punch the under. We would have all cashed. <laughs> but yes. thankfully, the bats proceeded to put up 17 runs in the preceding three games mm-hmm. and won the next three games in succession. They that was
0: re- That was really cool to see. See him bounce back and then win all three of them.
1: They put up twelve in the next game in Oakland, and they needed every single one of them. They won 11 Yeah, against the A's. That was
0: that was just an absolutely wild game.
1: Yeah, every game was can close. We talk, in that can series. we talk
0: about how sad the state of? I mean, the Oakland Athletics are literally playing out the beginning script of the movie Major League.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You
0: know, their their announced attendance for every all of those games was under four thousand. <laughs> four thousand oh. each. Four thousand each game, not total, but still. And you want to know why it was that much? Is because they have a thirty five hundred uh, person season ticket holder base.
1: Yeah, so those tickets are already sold. So whether or not those people are in the the building or not, I think doesn't it was. Matter. I
0: think it was Rick Manning who said, or maybe it was uh, Tom Hamilton. No, it was Tom Hamilton. He did a radio hit after the first game in Oakland, and he's like, uh, to who he was talking, I can't remember who he was on on with, but he's like, they announced between 3,500 and 4,000, there wasn't 1,500 people in the ballpark. Mm. I mean, we, we all know. Literally I mean,
1: count the people in all the yeah. sections if it's that low. The... It wouldn't surprise me if Hammy or one of the people in the booth actually did
0: that. Yeah, right? You know, they probably had a spotter do it. Um, the not, the quietest not-so-quiet secret at MLB is that the Oakland A's are not long for Oakland and that they will be moving to Vegas. Yeah. So now Oakland will lose two teams to the city of Las Vegas. Yeah. Crazy.
1: They'll have actually technically lost all their teams because the Warriors moved across the bay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, technically right. that hits the same market, but still. They're technically I mean, in San Francisco now. I mean, still,
0: ouch. Um, yeah, so we won two out of three uh, from the A's. So yeah. we started the season four and two on the road. Five and two.
1: They go home and play the Mariners, and the bats go cold. They lose the first two games five-three, three-two. Then they're facing a sweep. They're down 3-1 in the ninth inning on Sunday. They end up rallying to tie that to go to extra innings. And then, actually, this game was a whodunit. I mean, you had the Mariners scored two in the 11th, and then the Guardians came back and scored two on the bottom side to send the game to the 12th. And then the Mariners go up again in the top half of the 12th, but then the Guardians walk it off in the bottom of the 12th. It was That was another amazing game. Huge win for the Guardians to avoid the sweep there. Um. They then take the first game from the Yankees on Monday night before, as you mentioned, you obviously brought the team bad juju on Tuesday night. They end up going to <laughs> down 11-2 to two to the Yankees. Oh, gosh. Before today, another game that went right down to the wire. You had bases loaded on the decisive play in the bottom of the ninth inning. Unfortunately, unlike in the playoffs last year, in the same situation, the Guardians end up losing this one 4-3. to three. So bottom line, 13 games played. Guardians win seven, they lose six.
0: Listen. Okay. listen. I'm incredibly concerned with the it's two weeks. normally, uh, this would be ridiculous. I'd be slapping my own self in the face by having this take about being so concerned. I'm very concerned with the Guardians right now because their pitching is not good.
1: They got they got two of their main starters out, and the other guys yeah. are not pulling their weight.
0: Listen, here are the names of the the guys that pitched for the Guardians. We had Shane Bieber first game of the Yankee series.
1: You won that game three to
0: two. We won that game. Shane actually gave up two both of the runs in the first inning, and after the first inning, you are like, uh oh, but didn't give up another run the rest of the game. Here are the names of the starting pitchers for the Cleveland Guardians for the next two games. Going up against Garrett Cole last night. Hunter Gaddis. Who? I was waiting for that. Exactly. Guy with a big beard and long hair, but can't throw strikes. Mm -hmm. Or throws throws too many strikes and just gets walloped. Hmm. I this this is a made up name. There's no way this is a real person. The guy who pitched tonight, today for the Guardians, Peyton. Batting, Battenfield. Hmm. Who? Who's he? No way. What is going on? So you got shit. Right now, our, our, our starting rotation is Shane Bieber, Zach Plesac, Hunter Gaddis, Peyton Battenfield, and whoever they're probably going to bring up to start tomorrow. This is why when you think you have enough pitching,
1: yeah. go get more.
0: Well, so That's... here so here's the thing. The Guardians have like four or five guys in the minor leagues right now that they project to be like top of the top of the line rotation starters. The problem is they're not ready right now. Number one and number two Listen, the Guardians are a small market team. Well, me, Cleveland, medium-sized market, but they operate like a small-market team because of budget constraints, and they don't want to bring up any of their big prospect guns this early into the season because the time then the the clock then starts on their free agency down the line. It
1: hate it sucks that that is a consideration, but it very much is.
0: It was back. Yes. It was back in what was it? 2013, I believe. The Guardians waited until June, I think, June or July, to bring up Francisco Lindor so they could get an extra year of team control on him on the back end to where he didn't hit free agency for another year. Mm-hmm. And this is commonplace throughout baseball. It's this not just the Guardians that do this. This is not just a Guardians thing, but my thing is when you have injuries that start to pile up, it's not. It's almost like something needs to be done out of necessity. You've got to burn something, because you opened up a window of contention last year with how the Guardians played, won the division, went to the playoffs. You have The Guardians are in a position where they've got to go for it, and again, I know this sounds crazy. It's the middle of April. They've played 12, 13 games in the season. The season season isn't even a tenth of the way old. Yeah. But Tristan McKenzie is not coming back until June. Hurts. Aaron Savali, while I know he's not great, he's not going to change your season. He's a guy that you can plug in and be a solid-ish starter he's going to be out for probably six weeks. You think six weeks, that's 42 days. If it was football, that would be like four games. In baseball, 42 days, you're looking at 40 games. 40 games. He's a starting pitcher. So So that means he's missing about eight starts. Yes, he's going to miss eight starts. Which is almost
1: a fourth of his season.
0: He's going to miss a quarter of the season. (sighs) Tristan McKenzie's going to miss more. So, and I know that they didn't have that bookmarked for the start of the season. I know you don't plan for injuries. You're certainly
1: not planning for them right at the start. Yeah. I mean, and the stuff, Ma- the stuff happens as the year goes on, but Tristan, you're not protecting The Tristan McKenzie
0: out. thing uh, happen, uh, happened the day before the season started. And they're like, oh, we'll bring up Hunter Gaddis. Yeah, how's that worked out? He gave up a bajillion runs yesterday.
1: I mean, um, maybe, maybe he'll figure it out, you know, I'd. Who knows? But I mean, I'm obviously, I'm do.
0: probably a little bit overreacting. But
1: I mean, you were in the building. I was so at the at, game that, last that night. That adds to your annoyance. And we lost eleven
0: to two to the friggin' Yankees.
1: Particularly if you had any bets on that game as well. I did not
0: actually. I did not. Oh, okay. I've slowed down on that a lot because I've been on a historic cold streak. I only Ouch. bet. I only bet like five bucks a game. So it's not like I'm betting my mortgage payment. But I've lost like. 11 out of 13 bets.
1: You mean you didn't have Milan 1-0 over Napoli today?
0: <laughs> I did not bet that today either. Aww. Yeah. Jordan Hoffman uh, texted, me, hit me up uh, this morning asking me how I felt about uh, Milan today. And I was like, eh, I'm not messing with your money, buddy. So, <laughs> like, yeah, not going to do it. Because, number one, I feel like if I tell them I think they're going to win, they're not going to win. You know, you put it out there in the universe, and the universe likes to slap you in the face and laugh at you, you know? Mm. So I did, I, w- I abstained from uh, giving him any real betting advice, and I myself did not bet. So, mm. anyway, I'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, the uh, the Guardians are, I believe, they're off to our nation's capital. I think they're going to play the Nationals. Going to play the Nats. Yeah. Which is interesting with with the uh, with baseball's new uh, scheduling tactics, where we're going to play everybody in Major League Baseball this year.
1: It's fantastic. Yeah, I love that. And
0: then next year, teams we played on the road this year, we will play at home uh, next year, and vice versa. Right. So, so that
1: means you're playing like 45 games. What I against don't the other league.
0: What I don't like is we're two weeks into the season and we're already done playing the Mariners.
1: Yeah, because well, okay, so in a couple weeks we're
0: in a couple weeks we're going to be done playing the Yankees too. The
1: teams that are outside the the division inside the AL, you you still play, you still play twice like you used to. You're effectively playing more games against the National League and less games inside the American League Central, which I think is you know great, awesome, bravo, love that because the one thing that I hated so much for the longest time about the schedule is we had to play. 19 friggin' games every year against Minneapolis and Kansas City. Made absolutely no sense. Why is that bad? It's the same team over and over again? Okay, maybe you're saying that because Minnesota and Kansas City are usually bad. It's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, Wasn't
0: there a year, a couple years ago, where we went 18-1 and one against the Tigers?
1: Tiger? well, yeah.
0: I mean, I, mean, at least I the, want that!
1: At least the Tigers is a territorial rivalry, so like that makes a little more sense. But,
0: I mean, jeez. That's true. Um, yeah, so Gardo's play the Nationals this week. It, it it may for me it makes the season a little bit more interesting because you're playing teams that you normally don't play, so it's kind of more fun that way. Um, through two week two or two and change weeks of the MLB season, what are your thoughts on the uh, quickened pace of the games and the pitch clock and all that sort of stuff?
1: I like every change they made with the exception of not being able to do the shift. Okay. That's the only thing I don't like that they changed. Cause I think that kind of screws with the strategy of the game a little too much for my liking, but the pitch clock I think is fabulous. Okay. Just like the shot clock in basketball, you have to make a move before the, the clock runs out. You know, we've had a couple of issues with guys, you know, taking third strikes cause they didn't get in the box or, uh, pitchers who took too long and it was ball four or whatever. But I I do think that on some level, they're going to adjust. It's going to be second nature before too long. And the benefit is is that these games are now 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour shorter than they used to be. That's a big deal. For a long time now, basketball and soccer have been the two sports that have been growing the most in this country over the last 10, 15 years. And and the reason why is because their games are the shortest. Yeah. Football is, you know, kind of immune to that to some degree. But in college football, it's actually been to the detriment because their games have been lasting longer than and the NFL because of all the replay challenges and everything that they do. Um, so outside of the big name programs and the Power Five, you've been seeing, you know, declining attendance there. But um, so even football has not been completely immune to it. But baseball, it's really been a problem. For a long time mm-hmm. and it's so great that they finally did something about it and they didn't rush into it they trialed it in the minor leagues for several seasons leading up to it and so a lot of the players that are now in the major leagues grew up with the pitch clock yep. as they were coming up through the minor leagues so it's it's really not a big deal to them it's just a lot of the older veterans that kind of have to get <sighs> along with it now yeah but uh no i i absolutely love that
0: i'm interested to hear what you think uh if your opinion changes a little bit after you actually go to a game and watch in person i I've now been, I went on Saturday and I went ye- uh, yesterday. Um, I do I do like it.
1: so the Guardians are O 2 when you've been there.
0: I no wonder yeah. you're Thanks. so down. <laughs> I won't be I won't be going to any games in the in the near future <laughs> um, If you are going to the Guardians game with a desire to drink or eat, get to the ballpark 20 minutes before the game and get your stuff before the game starts I it, it was like I blinked and I missed an inning and a half <laughs> if you are if you are fixated on watching the game and you're like man I could use a beer or a hot dog or something get it before the game starts because once that game starts going because they have clocks for everything the
1: inning breaks are still the, the same aren't they or are, they, or are those reduced now, too?
0: Well, so the inning breaks have had clocks for several years now, but I don't know if the time is the same. I think it is because the pitchers warm up uh, between every inning. But uh, even still, like, they're they're not longer than, like, two and a half minutes. That's not enough time to get up and go get a get a hot dog and a drink, especially if there's people in line. No, definitely not. So if you have if you fancy uh, a stadium glizzy and a beer or a uh, fountain pop or something or a beer bat like what I got last night, hell yeah to the beer bat. Um, do it before the game starts because when that game gets going, that game is going. The only thing that the only the only thing that uh, that changed that today was that. Was that kerfuffle at the end of the first inning uh, today's game where uh, uh, the it was two outs in the bottom of the first guardians had runners on base and uh, Josh I think it was Josh Naylor hit a bloop job that the Yankees player looked like he snowconed on the ground, but he really didn't catch it. So they called it out and then apparently the Yankees said Tito didn't challenge it in time. But they ended up replaying it anyway, and it wasn't a catch. It would have ended the inning. Mm. And the umpires went back, changed the call, called it a hit, Guardians got a run. Subsequently, the inning was extended and the Guardians got another run. That's how they started the game two up two nothing after the first inning. The Yankees mm. thought they they had, you know could you imagine They thought they got in the way with one. Imagine if you bet no run first inning.
1: Oh, in today's yeah,
0: game. they Because, listen, I didn't do that today, but I was paying attention uh, to the game on my phone while I was working, and I saw end of the first inning, 0-0. It said end of one. I'm like, damn it, I should have put money on that no-run first inning. And then uh, I see on social media, they're like, he didn't catch that ball. And I'm like, wait, what? So now I'm investigating (laughs) (laughs) And apparently Aaron Aaron Boone got tossed. He threw an absolute conniption. Uh, mm-hmm. after that because the Yankees thought uh, Francona didn't challenge it in time so it, the the call should have stood I mean it's not like this was just some you know nobody on base two outs a bloop single whatever like a run scored because of this because yep. they changed the call you know so Aaron Boone lost his mind he got tossed and uh, well the Guardians ended up blowing it anyway so it doesn't matter but uh, yeah that was that was interesting and that was funny so the Guardians got to get back on track We're, I mean I say that like we're three and twelve right now. We're seven and six, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah. So Guardians need to get it going.
1: Okay, are they still selling platform beer at Progressive Field?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't think so.
1: Now that they were bought out by Anheuser, well,
0: well, they were already bought out by Anheuser-Busch.
1: Yeah. Well, they have several. Talk, they... talk about a company that's not exactly having a good time of it either. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway, <laughs> we are not a political podcast. We are not going to get into that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right, here we go. Let me, let me, uh, I got to get this in before we uh, end the episode. Let's let's listen to the dulcet tones of Milan, Italy. Listen to this roar, by the way. Listen to this.
1: The champions.
0: Oh, it's amazing. Champions League football. UCL Knights are back in Milan, Italy. Actually, for both teams, we don't give a damn about Inter Milan. Or as Steve likes to call them, Internazionale. Yeah. We talk about the club that actually wins trophies. Hmm. Hmm. The club that's won the second most Champions League trophies in the history. In the history, in history, AC Milan. So that's my club. Uh, If you don't like soccer, you can turn us off now. Yeah. Have a good night. We'll see (laughs) you. But it's very interesting. The Champions League, when the draw came out, uh, and you can tell me that this is this is not this was not rigged, but I'll never believe you. Guess guess what? uh, Guess what? what league has the most teams left in the Champions League?
1: Uh, that would be Syria. A. Ah.
0: ah, interesting. Interesting. And uh, what league is universally universally recognized as the best league in the world?
1: Well, that would be the Premier League.
0: Ah, interesting. Not that the, I don't think the, the Premier League didn't have anything to do with this, but uh, the Premier League gets the most pub now.
1: I would argue that wasn't true until a few years ago. It was it wasn't. probably La Liga, but yeah, it is Premier League now.
0: Well, especially with the Champions League, because Barcelona and Real Madrid have basically run the Champions League up until a few years ago. Mm. Uh, Definitely Real Madrid. Yeah, and they're looking prime to just, you know, win it again. But anyway, maybe not. Uh, so Italy has three teams left of the eight remaining. Just so happens that all three of those teams were put on the same side of the bracket in the quarterfinals.
1: And that virtually guarantees that one are going to get to the final.
0: That's true. But it also
1: considering the fourth team was Benfica.
0: It also took away the uh, the chance that there could be an all Italy final. That's true. Um, now what I will say is there are no English teams on that side of the bracket, so we will not get an all English. So I wonder if final that. either. So yes. I wonder if I wonder if that was the 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 goal for UEFA is to not have an inter league final.
1: That's interesting. I, I'm not sure because
0: because we have two, had that a few times in in the in the recent past. Yeah. You think of Tottenham Liverpool. 2019, you think of Chelsea, Chelsea Man Liverpool, City.
1: Chelsea Man City 2021. Before that, you had I think it was 2013. You had um, Borussia Dortmund versus Bayern Munich.
0: Have Real Madrid and Barcelona played in the final?
1: Uh not in recent times. I
0: know. I know Milan and Juve have. played. Real Madrid
1: and Atletico Madrid have played in the yes, final twice. That's true. So yeah, you have. Um, AC intra- Milan and
0: Juventus have played in the final before.
1: In fact, if, now I think about it, going back to 2013, you've had intra league finals in like half the years.
0: Right. So I wonder if that was the uh, if that was the goal was to uh, uh, basically make sure that there's not an intra. Uh, well, anyway.
1: Or in the case of Real and Atletico, intra-city.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, I would argue <laughs> the most informed team in all of Europe this season has been from Naples, Italy.
1: Yeah, probably Napoli.
0: They essentially wrapped up the Scudetto by Christmas. Uh, they're going to win the Scudetto.
1: He didn't so. lose until, like, February, I don't think. Yeah. And then they lost at home 4 nothing
0: to Milan. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, AC Milan takes a one nothing advantage in the first leg at home at San Siro, and will take that back to Naples to try and what looks like right now, if scores hold, we are going to have an inter squad or an inter semifinal. And it's going to be one of the biggest rivalries in all of world football. That is the Milan derby,
1: the Derby de la Madarina.
0: Yep, that will. Uh, I don't. Um, man, that will be one of the most nerve wracking sporting events I will ever watch. Will Both be, of
1: the legs of that semifinal, if huh. it is AC Milan versus Inter, huh.
0: you have no idea. Whoa. You have no idea. What I will say is I will be rooting for – and this is a little bit weird because if this if, if if it does happen and my team gets knocked out to root for the team that knocked me out. But I will say I'm going to be rooting for the winner of this uh, tie between Milan and Napoli to win the, the Champions League. To win the whole thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the real mm-hmm. dilemma comes if Inter makes the final – Ugh. Do you root for them against, say, Real Madrid or Manchester City or, or someone? No. No. Okay. No. League loyalty only goes
0: so far for Dan. I'd root I for Liverpool over Inter. Oh, wow. Whoa. It's Inter. It's Inter. I'm not going to root for Inter. Inter. Mm. I'm not going to root for Inter.
1: Yeah. Well, Dan's philosophy on this is the same as in soccer. As It's different from mine. You never the, root for your rivals. It's the same in the NFL. It's the same in soccer. It's the same in college football. I mean, hell, if Toledo, our rival from Bowling Green. If you if need
0: your rival to win to help you, that means you didn't do enough on your own and you don't deserve to win. I mean, that's my philosophy. I, I don't know maybe that's wrong that's just my personal belief
1: well i don't know i tend to go for league loyalty if toledo's playing ohio state i'm rooting for toledo
0: <coughs> so i'm just using that as an example but. gross gross now if toledo played michigan
1: toledo has played michigan and won yeah, within the last
0: 15 years this is true but, Anyway, anyway, just getting back to uh, yeah, it was uh it was it was an incredible atmosphere. It was an amazing atmosphere. Um I wanna see, let's see if I can pull this up as well while we're on the uh, let's see. Oh, where is it? Here we if go. If he options right and left. Rafael Leo. A bullet finish from Venice have the advantage. From one end of the pitch to
1: the other. Listen to that. Roo. Rafael. A bullet finish from Benissan.
0: And Milan have the advantage. God, man, I haven't heard that stadium like that since 2014.
1: Commentator sounds like he needed a five-hour energy or I something. What I was know. up with that? They
0: had the – the, <laughs> well, listen, Real Madrid was playing at the exact same time. So uh, AC Milan and Napoli didn't exactly get the A squad for, <laughs> for announcers. <laughs>
1: I guess not.
0: Yeah. So, uh, AC Milan is one step away from the Champions League semifinals, and uh, I can't. You know, I, I thought that I was—listen, I, AC Milan won, won nothing. I was actually disappointed. Napoli got—was uh, a man down for most of the second half. Uh, probably about half of the second oh, half. Oh, Really? Yeah, they had a guy get their second yellow got sent off. So he will miss the second leg, which is one of their best midfielders, Ankisa. And uh actually their best uh central defender um uh, I can't remember his name. Kim. Kim. I can't remember. Oh, is it, he's, uh, a he's a Korean. He's a yeah, oh. yeah, he's a Korean guy. He's been uh he's been one of their best uh um he's been their best uh central defender this year. He got a yellow card which he got in his last Champions League game. So Ipso facto he is suspended for the next game. Yeah. On yellow cards. Uh
1: so AC Milan was playing up a player pretty much from the hour mark. They uh, were up one yeah,
0: nothing. Maybe like sixty six minutes. So it
1: is disappointing that they didn't expand on that advantage. And to be honest with you,
0: and to be honest with you, they kind of went into like a defensive shell, like they were good with with winning one nothing, and it made things really, really nerve wracking at the end of the game. Um I will say that they did have a uh, they did have a uh, header go off the Milan had a header go off the crossbar right before halftime. They could have been up two nothing at halftime. So, um, but I would have much obviously I'd much rather have a two goal lead going into a second leg on the road than a one goal lead. But hey, look. They played Tottenham. They they didn't give up a single goal to Tottenham in 120 minutes. I was just
1: going to bring up that point. They they beat Tottenham one nothing in the first leg, and then the Milan's second leg was a, 0-0. Milan's
0: so. gone 180 minutes now without conceding. So, 270. Or Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know math. So, anyway. But, uh, yeah. So, I'm crazy excited. They've gotten farther than I expected, um, and I'm not disappointed by it. So... Now that I'm in it, it's like, if if you would have told me when the season started that Milan would have gotten to the quarterfinals of the Champions League, I'd have been like, yep, hell yeah, I'll take it. Awesome. Now that you're in it and you're playing a team from your own league, you're like, man, that and was you're sick. winning after leg yeah, one. Really suck if we didn't go through. Yeah. And then if you were, to, and then if if Inter finishes the job against Benfica and they're in the semis and you're out, oof. woof, yeah. So.
1: These um, games are just fantastic to watch. It is the very pinnacle oh, of the sport. Yes. And I'm watching this from the outside because my club, Newcastle United, is currently third in the Premier League. Yep. If they're able to hold on either third or even if they fall to fourth, they go into this competition next year. You'll get and your it'll be the Champions first time in twenty nice. years. And yeah. And I'm gonna get to see Champions League football at St. James's Park. Same I mean that James that's gonna Park. be ridiculous. Yeah. I I'm on pins and needles at the end of this watching these Premier League games down the rest of the stretch to see if we can get into this competition next year. Heck yeah. But, uh, so, yeah. Could, and you know, AC Milan has been stuck in pot four the last few times because their UEFA coefficient hasn't been so good. Yep. I'm sure after this run they're going to be up in the, if not pot two, at least in the pot three. Newcastle's U, new, uh, UEFA coefficient is zero. They will be in pot four. <laughs> so yeah. it there's a chance that these two teams could get drawn into the same group next year.
0: Could yeah, that would, how interesting would that be? Yeah, so uh, I got to I, I got to beat uh, former co-host Jordan Gonzalez's team this year, and maybe next, <laughs> ne- next year I'll get to beat yours. So <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, I just had to get in there little 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 uh, little UCL talk. I'm sure Brett Hoyer is uh, listening to this. Uh, thoughts and condolences to your team. I just got smacked by Real Madrid today. <laughs> I mean. I don't know if he could expect anything different. You know what's hilarious before? I kind of I kind of thought this was coming because, I, listen. They
1: didn't lose as bad as I was expecting. They lost by two. But I listen. Mean, that could conceivably listen. get turned around. Do you want to know
0: what their new American owner said before the game? Somebody asked him, hey, I, uh, Todd Bowley, uh, what do you fancy for the, the Chelsea match against Real Madrid today? I can't wait for and this. And he goes, 3-0 Chelsea. At the
1: Bernabeu. <laughs> really?
0: Oh, uh, I was expecting it to be the exact the opposite. Against the
1: fourteen-time European champion and the defending yeah. champion.
0: Yeah. So.
1: And your um, team is eleventh in the Premier League.
0: Yeah, they're 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 not in <laughs> they're not in good. Uh, they've already fired two managers this year. Uh, they've they brought back uh a club legend who they've already fired as a as a full-time manager to be their caretaker manager the rest of the year.
1: They've, you know, they've
0: spent a bajillion it, dollars.
1: And I think Frank Lampard really screwed up on the weekend. I would have played like nobody good in their match against Wolves. I would have completely just yeah. thrown that match away. Play your best squad against Real. Do the just throw away the whatever whoever they're playing this weekend and call up your A team for for the second leg against Real because really they have nothing else to play for aside from Champions League. Champions League. League. Their their only way to get back in for next year is to, to win, win this year. Yeah. So then, and it's not like. Oh, they might possibly finish top 4 or they might land Europa League. They're in 11th. They're not playing in Europe next year if they don't win this competition. No. So, I don't know what he was thinking playing a lot of their key guys against Wolverhampton. That I was don't just know. stupid.
0: Anyway, uh yeah, so that's pretty much going to do it for us on this week's episode of Living Off the Land episode 253. Appreciate you guys listening as always. If you're still listening after the soccer talk, uh that's awesome. So, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we will catch you guys next week for episode 254. Hopefully, as long as both of us are healthy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so
1: teaser for next week: we will be in some community along Route 254.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, yep.
1: just like we did with route, uh, episode 252 in Columbia Station. Ah, week.
0: I get what you're saying. Yep. Okay. Uh, so anyway, you can follow us on social media at Stiffsmeggie at Daniel J Ford. You can follow the show at the LOTL Podcast and we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye.